Christopher. Yes. Is that a dead fish in your pocket? Nope. Let's pop a top on this. I don't know if I want to pop a top on that. I don't think so either. <laughs> Cue the music. <laughs> <laughs> you handled that question so deadpan i expected something oh no you were I'm so like, focused I'm, on your slurp was, <laughs> your mind like, was uniformly focused yeah, on the like, slurp that was coming there's a war going down put your shield and your armor on there's a war going down put your shield and your armor on pick up your sword gather your strength from the only one What's up, guys and gals? I'm Carl. I'm Sonny. And I'm Chris. And you're listening to another episode of Digging Deeper, a Bible study series brought to you by Broken Record Ministries. You say that a little creepy. It is. <laughs> just a it little is bit. Just a little bit Sorry, creepy. I'll try and take the creepiness. <laughs> <laughs> you want to set the level? As if sure. that level isn't low enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <right. laughs> so this is this is for my daughter. She had a she had a crack a joke day at school today so you take a like a box of crackers in to give to the food bank and then you get to tell the class a joke why does a pie go to the dentist i don't know to get a filling well, i was gonna say that and i didn't say it because i didn't want to sound stupid oh, yeah, he got really excited about that joke i did <laughs> i was hoping i was like ah, that's my daughter's joke so oh, man. she's gonna be telling her class that today i had it right there mm-hmm. right there just didn't mm-hmm. want to sound dumb well, that's all right most so th- of my jokes are dumb so <laughs> This week, we're going to continue in part two of a study we're calling Being Renewed. But before we drop the needle on that, what's on your mind, guys? Let's chase rabbits. Ooh. Hope everybody knows what that term means. Uh, we're not really chasing rabbits, and poor little guys. They're really fast. Yeah. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> I can chase a turtle all day long. Oh, yeah, right? <laughs> I ain't trying to chase a rabbit no more. <laughs> Quick, somebody get that slug. <laughs> yeah. It's my pace. <laughs> we can go ahead and go on yours first. Oh man, mine's pretty long. Is it? Yeah. Well, not too long. I well, guess. then we just might even we might not even go to mine then. <laughs> right we'll see what happens. <laughs> it takes yeah. it takes some setup, but I I took two things away from it, and we'll kind of get to that. Um. So, beginning of last week, so Monday, I ordered something for my wife off of Walmart.com. Turns out. I ordered the wrong thing. Long story short, I ordered the wrong thing. And so the the shipping confirmation said, well, it's not going to be here till Saturday. Okay, no big deal. I'll just put it in the truck and we'll go back to Walmart on Saturday and return it. No big deal. Uh, so every Thursday, me and my wife go grocery shopping in Hannibal. We go to the Walmart, we go to Aldi's, we do it all in one night, we eat out, we have ice cream, whatever. It's kind of a ritual we do every Thursday. So I get a notification Thursday morning that the package was actually out for delivery that morning. So I was like, that's weird. You know, how how often do things show up, you know, early, if not two or three days early? Didn't think nothing of it. 
package showed up. Sure enough, it's the wrong thing. So I told Holly, I'm like, well, we'll just, I'll throw it in the truck tonight when we go to Hannibal and we'll return it. Okay. And stick with me. It's a long story, but I'm getting somewhere with it. <laughs> so Thursday night, I'm on my way home and I get a phone call from Holly. She says, hey, I got a flat tire. I'm up at, I'm up at MFA. Tire's completely flat. What should I do? I was like, don't drive on it. You'll ruin the tire if you drive on it flat because it's like flat, flat. And uh, so, you know, and you guys know Holly's perfectly capable of changing a tire, but I'm only like 45 minutes away and it's cold outside and she has Abigail. So I'm just like, just stay in the car. I'll be there in a minute. But that was going to make us late to make our pickups because we do like the curbside pickup from Walmart mm -hmm. and from Aldi's. I said, well, we'll just be late. No big deal. You know, it's not like they're not going to give us our food. Right. So I stop, I change the tire and all the while, you know, I'm kind of agitated. I'm like, uh, it's cold outside. She, she got over off to the side of the road, but where she pulled over was she pulled into like a gravel lot. So it's like dusty. Mm -hmm. So I get all dusty and I'm all dirty and, you know, just it stinks or whatever, but go on about our way. So then we, we, we head, we head to Hannibal. We do one of our pickups. We do all these pickup first and then we decide, well, in between we're going to get some food. So we go to Taco Bell. Ah, I didn't mean to say Taco Bell because I don't want to call them out, but I just did. So we go. To, we go <laughs> they we deserve go, it. They, they kind of do on this one. <laughs> they so we pull into to the Taco Bell and we end up waiting like half an hour in the drive-through lane. Mm. And you know that kind of it kind of gets underneath my skin because it's like fast food supposed to be, but mm -hmm. the the way the world's climate is today, they who knows they couldn't get help, whatever. So I'm agitated, but I accept it and I go on. What, what, what am I going to do? Yell at the people in the, in the drive through lane. Where's my food? So anyways, we get our food and we go on up to Hannibal or on up to Walmart. Again, this is a long story, but it's going somewhere. I promise. <laughs> so what I ordered was, was pretty big, right? So I just didn't want to carry it in. And I didn't know if the, the customer service would be open, right? So I go in, check to make sure the customer service desk is open. It's open. As I'm walking back out, I'm like, well, I'll pick up a cart. And I was just going to grab one from the, from like the rows of ones that they have there. <laughs> but, my, but my laziness, a, a woman happened to be walking out like right before me. And she just kind of like grabbed her stuff out of the, her cart and kind of shoved it off to the side. I'm like, Hey, great. Grab that. And I go on outside. I put, I go out to the truck, grab my return, put it in the, in the car or in the cart. And on the way back in, I noticed there's a set of keys in the, that front little area where the mm -hmm. kids sit. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And I was like, Oh man, that stinks. So I was like, what should I do? I almost thought about like, hitting the thing to see if I could see whose it was. I'm like, nope, better, better off just to go return them to the customer service. So I'm, I'm kind of scanning as I'm going in to see if I can see, because I remember it was a woman, 
but that was all I remember. Like I can't, yeah. I couldn't tell you what she was wearing, what she looked like. So, so I'm kind of like, like looking for somebody, like frantically looking for their keys or whatever. Didn't see nobody, so I go on in. I'm standing there at the counter. There's a person, two people in front of me. There's a guy that's actually with the lady at the counter, another lady standing there and then me. And, uh, I'm, I look at both of them and I'm like, I don't think it's them. So I turn around and I'm looking and I'm watching to make sure somebody doesn't come in looking for keys or whatever. Stand there. The guy gets done. The guy that's in front of the other girl. And, the, and then I hear the girl say to the lady, I'm looking for a set of keys and I hope you have them. And I was like, excuse me, ma'am. I was like, I said, are you looking for a set of keys? And she goes, yeah. I was like, do they have a flowery lanyard on them? She goes, yeah. And I said, I think these are your keys. She's like, oh, thank you so much. And, you know, like total relief on her face. And I said, yeah. I said, sorry, I didn't realize it was you. You know, I, elsewise, I'd have said something earlier. I said, but I, I have a return. And I was just going to turn them into the counter. She's like, no, that's no big deal. You know, God bless you. And walks out on her way. I do my return, go back into the truck and, and, uh, you know, I'm still kind of perturbed about, you know, being late or whatever. I didn't get to eat, you know, so, mm-hmm. which is, I, Carl knows that's, that's kind of a big one in my book. <laughs> 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 so I tell, I, I quickly tell Holly as we're driving away, you know, what had happened, me finding the keys and she goes, isn't it amazing? Everything that had to happen for you to find those keys and return those keys to that lady. And it hit me like, she's absolutely right. And not to, not to say that somebody else wouldn't have found those keys and done the right thing, but how many people could have found those keys and not done the right thing? Mm-hmm. You know, how many people could have found those keys that have malice in their heart and, and uh, so I started looking, I started thinking about it. I'm like, and who knows what's going in and on in her life too. That could have been, right. you know, a little, th- when, when you have a lot piled on you already, mm-hmm. a little thing can be devastating. Too. Right. Right. You know? And like, I, and I could tell like she, I mean, she had, and the reason I didn't think it was her was because she had a, a couple of bags in her hand, which I thought was returns. It didn't dawn on me to think, well, she has a handful of bags because she got to her car mm-hmm. and couldn't unlock it mm-hmm. and, and didn't want to leave her bags just sitting by her car. So she had to carry her bags all the way back in. So, and that's, I just got to thinking, I'm like, yeah, I had to order the wrong thing. I had the tire had to go flat. I had to wait 30 minutes in the Taco Bell drive through all for me. And then also decide not to take one of the other carts to actually pick that pick that exact cart to for me to have found those keys and been in the right in the right spot at the right time and it's just so again that's a big long story to tell you the conclusion was it just it just reminds me that the fact where one we look for god in our lives every day right we we tend to see the small things but i think we take for granted the big things like and it could be things that happened days, weeks, months, years ago in your life that put you in a specific spot to be a specific thing for him. Mm-hmm. Right? But then also it's, you don't, I feel like, and I don't know why, but this, this, I just, 
got this put on my heart on the same time is we don't necessarily have to be preaching to be witnessing for him. Right. Right. And the only reason I think that that was brought up was because I, and I, and I don't know why this stuck out and I didn't, I didn't really say anything to her beyond this, but as she was leaving, she says, God bless you and walked away. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was like, does she believe in God? I don't know. I couldn't tell you, but it was just the fact that like, I think just stuff like that all adds up. She saw the love of God in you and what you did for her right. in a small way. Living testimony matters, man. And yeah. it's, it living testimony goes beyond preaching a sermon or lecturing somebody mm -hmm. about the kingdom. It's how you live on a day-to-day -day basis, how you treat people in general. That's your living testimony. Right. I listened to a story on the radio. This guy was talking. Uh, I guess he had been, he's, he's a, he's a, he's Christian now, obviously, but he, he, I think he's a preacher. He, he teaches on certain things. I think he teaches on things that he had fallen into in his background. He had been an occultist mm -hmm. when he was in college. I think he said uh, he fell into Satanism and things like that. And, and he, he was, he was seeking everywhere other than where he should have been seeking. Right. But he talked about two different types of Christians that he had encountered in his life. He had, he talked about the ones that, that when he was younger, they'd go out drinking with him and partying with them. And if they were sober enough or not too hung over, go to church with him the next day. Mm -hmm. And he's like, they never mentioned Jesus one time to me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Never mentioned anything about God. They, they, they'd sin with me all night long on Saturday and then go to church on Sunday and never mention anything about the gospel. Right. Mm -hmm. the living testimony, man. You know what I mean? And he said that that showed me that Christianity was a joke, that there was no power in it. Sort of like what we were talking about before we hit the record button, that, that people aren't being fulfilled. He saw no fulfillment in the living testimony they were showing. There was no power. So he was seeking power everywhere else to the point where he was even, he was even seeking like uh, possession experiences and things like that. He got pretty deep in the mm. darkness, man. Mm. And it scared him finally, right? He had, an, he had a demonic encounter that terrified him. And he said he ran to his bedroom and he prayed. And he said the only reason he knew what name to call out to, he called out to Jesus and said, I don't, he's like, if you're real, I need your help and I need it now. He's like, I don't know what to do anymore, but I'm running to you and I'm begging you for help. He said the only reason he knew to call on that name was because two Christians his entire life had the audacity to share Jesus with him, to share the truth with him. He said, and I'll be honest with you, I was terrible to him. I treated him like garbage for it. Yeah. But he was like, that seed stuck. And when I needed to call on the name, I remembered what they had said to me, that they mm -hmm. told me, you need to call on the name of Jesus. When you're ready, you need to call on that name. You need to call on him. You need to run to him. And he rejected him in the moment, but when he needed it, right, when the timing was right, when everything lined up right, that he was ready to run to him, he remembered what they had said. Now, those two guys or gals, I, I, I don't know if they were men or women, that's a little... Those chauvinistic, I guess. <laughs> those, those two, two people. Yeah, those two fantastic <laughs> human beings, you know, go the rest of their life not realizing the impact of the seed that they planted. They'll never know, right? They'll never know in all likelihood unless he knows who they were. Right. My assumption is they'll never know that the seed they planted was so impactful to him that it stuck with him and he knew who to run to. And now he's an evangelist in, in, in the name of Christ. Right. Right. That living testimony matters. And that's, you know, it's a story of two different sorts of Christians, the ones that neglected their living testimony and, and sinned right along with them and thought that just going to church was enough to cover it all. And they never had to live in a way that was righteous. And the two Christians that witnessed to them, mm -hmm. right? It matters.
And maybe that was just you know, maybe she seen were were you wearing one of your hoodies or your shirts? Or, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, you know. I, she, think, I think I was probably. I was actually. I think I was probably wearing one of my broken record shirts. Yeah, because they're so comfortable, mm-hmm. and you have so many of them. I could use a couple more. Yeah, I'm sure you'll get a couple more before I, I get one. I don't even have one. Can I get some more well, free sure shirts? You don't do you? No, I don't. I don't have a single one. Yeah, I'll have to hook you up. Uh, what do you got this week, Sonny? Oh, I, I'm. There, there's been a couple of things that has happened. That's happened, and. uh I don't know which one to share. I'm, I'm, I've been sitting here trying to battle back and forth on which to, which to talk about. Um, because I've, I, I got to minister to somebody kind of a little bit. It was more or less of, uh, um, I seen a, I seen a post. Um, somebody was in need. I helped them. Um, and, uh, tried to, try to go there and, it was funny because I had just woke up. It was one of those days to where I slept in and um, ended up jumped on the old, you know, FB. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. The app that shall not be named. Well, I was going to say, we've tried not to, but we just, we stopped doing that. We just call it out now. Well, yeah. And uh, we didn't want to get in trouble at first, but now we're like, yeah, we'll call it. Yeah. And I mean, um, I just, kind of jumped on there and and I go through the whole town talk thing and stuff and seeing somebody that that needed some some help for the holiday coming up and uh I was like you know what I'm gonna do that mm-hmm. so um made arrangements and everything and uh the gentleman that I that I had met um was a a believer but not a follower mm-hmm. um and, uh, you know, um, you know, I told him kind of a little bit about my story and, uh, you know, I told him I was a recovering, you know, addict and alcoholic and, and, uh, he was just like, dude, I would not have seen that. And I was just like, I mean, I live it every day, you know, like I, I feel that about me every day, I guess I don't realize that other people don't see that, you know, I guess I've. I just been in that hole so many times that, you know, it's a part of me, but other people don't see it, you know, and I forget that. And I forget that, I guess, the way that I'm perceived in others' eyes is not the way that I perceive myself. And, um, you know, it made me feel really good, Um, you know, that because I've always kind of looked at myself as, kind of a, a heathen, uh, uh, you know, an outcast and, uh, you know, for somebody that is kind of not in the same position, but could be possibly because I don't know I don't know his story or anything. You know, I, I, uh, just kind of tried to, I told him about the Bible study, uh, on Tuesday nights. Um, I told him about church. I told him about, you know, uh, just kind of, I told him about the podcast. Um, you know, I was just like, Hey man, I said, we're all, we're all in certain situations. We're all in, in, uh, you know, different levels of, of life. And, you know, if, if you need a hand, you know, reach out, Yeah. you know, uh, there's plenty of opportunity. There's plenty of places. And I said, uh, you know, you have my information and, uh, you know, come to, 
come to, you know, my walk that God has lead, led me through. Um, he's given me some opportunities to be able to reach out to other people too, to, you know, help others. So, um, you know, don't, don't be afraid to, to help, you know, to reach out and ask for help. And, uh, so it was, it was really, um, it was weird because like I, like I said, I just woke up and then like I got on there and all this happened. And this was like all within the first hour of me waking up (laughs) and I'm just like, all that just happened. I got back to my house and I sat down and I'm sitting there and I'm just like, what just happened? Yeah. You know, like I didn't, I didn't ever question. I didn't ever, you know, sit there and think, Oh, well, you know, this prop now, I don't want to do this. You know, it, it wasn't one of those things. It was just go, go, go. And then, you know, I got to talk about God a little bit and, you know, it wasn't, wasn't dramatic or, you know, like I didn't sit there and tell my whole story or anything. And it was just kind of simple, neat, sweet, and to the point and Hey man, you know, reach out if you need to. And, you know, hey, I got to get going, you know, I got to get some stuff done, but, uh, you know, God loves you, you know, and then um, it was, it was kind of, it was reassuring that it, I don't have to know everything. I don't have to be so political about knowing verses and scriptures and everything else to be able to give just a small testimony and give um, somebody a, a path to God. Yeah. You know, to share what the power of God looks like in your life. Yeah. And uh, you know, it, and sometimes, you know, God needs those people like me that aren't so in tune or, you know what I mean? Like there's sometimes I can possibly reach somebody that, you know, you couldn't, Mm -hmm. you know, or you could. And it's just this. People need somebody they can identify with. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of one of those moments to where I, man, I, I don't know. I just felt really good about it. Right. And, I think that kind of goes back to our conversation we had last week about we're all part of the same body, you know, and, you know, if you're called to be a, a toe, be proud to be a toe, you know, mm-hmm. we're, you know, don't, it's, everybody has different tools in their toolbox and God's going to use what's in your toolbox to the best of his ability. So, yeah. you know, like you said, we're, you were able to minister that somebody, somebody else in that same situation might not have been able to. So, yeah. Oh, it was just, it was kind of one of those moments for me, you know, and, and, uh, I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. You know, I haven't had many of those, but, uh, you know, this is also, it's kind of off subject, but, um, kind of on subject at the same time ever since I've been doing the, the podcast, you know, and, uh, sharing it on Facebook and, and doing my, my readings and sharing them on Facebook and stuff. Um, 
And I said Facebook. <laughs> that's, a, that's okay. It's like five times in a row. Yeah. <laughs> I said FB earlier and then try to steer away from it. <laughs> and then Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. Uh, anyways, so um, I've been doing that. I've been getting some really weird friend requests. And I got one from like... She called herself a priestess and spellcaster and some other stuff and actually messaged me. And uh, I was, she gave me a rundown of what she does and how she does it. And I was just like, I was like, that's nice and all, but have you, have you ever heard of Jesus? Mm, yeah. Have, he loves you. And I never got a message back again, and I got blocked. Yep. And I was just like, because I kind of sat there and thought about it for a minute, and I was just like, how do I go about this? Because I don't want to come off derogatory. You know, I don't, I want to have meaning in it, but yet subtlety, you know? Like, I don't want to come off aggressive. And in that instance, that's all I could think. He loves you. He loves you. You know, it all comes back to love. Mm -hmm. And even somebody that has chosen that kind of path and that, you know, way of life and everything, he still loves them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was just like, he loves you. <laughs> and I was, then I got blocked and I was like, okay, well, that, that, that takes care of that. <laughs> it's funny that you say that because I noticed an uptick in ads for groups that are, and this was shortly after we had the conversation of, um, gaming and media, you know, d scrubbing out all the demonic and, and, uh, secular stuff in, in those areas. I actually got, I'm actually getting like bombarded with, with, with group, with group advertisements from like Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, sci-fi uh fiction mm -hmm. you know fiction and it's like all the stuff like like we specifically talked about trying to scrub from your life mm -hmm. there's like been an uptick in that and just it's it's uncanny you know i, I don't know if it's because of the algorithm that that they use that you know it, it you know but it just, could be but i wouldn't i wouldn't underestimate the the power of, of Satan and his desire to draw you back into the darkness. Oh, yeah. Cause oh, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. when, when you, when you do start pursuing the most high, you know, when you do start following Jesus and, and standing at the door and seeking and knocking and finding, he's going to pull out all the stops to drag you back in the darkness, especially if you were firmly in the darkness before, oh, yeah. right? When you were part of the darkness, he's going to, he's going to do everything he can to claw you back. He's going to use people like that, you know, the, the witch that you encountered, he's going to use ads like you're encountering. And if that doesn't work, he's going to send demonic entities to attack you physically. He's going to do everything he can yeah. to try to draw you back until he exhausts all his resources. And the most high says, that's enough. You've accused him enough. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Puts his foot down and says no more. Yep. He'll allow us to be sifted. The, mo the most high, I mean, he'll allow us to be sifted. He allowed Peter to be sifted. Yeah. Right. Jesus didn't pray that the sifting wouldn't occur. He prayed that Peter would have faith through the right. sifting and that right. when he was restored, he could, he could help those around him that were being sifted in the same way. That's yeah. what he prayed. 
We need to remember that. If Peter wasn't too good to avoid the sifting, promised you were not. So. Is that it? I think so. I yeah. think it's a good stopping point. I had something, but for time's sake, I think I'll wait until next week to to share what I had. I might hijack our open discussion next week and right. just take it over and cool. see where the conversation goes. But yeah, sorry, my story took so long. No, don't be. It was, <laughs> it was, a, it was a good, uh, I, but I had all those things needed to be set up. So yeah. Well, I think here lately, I think we've been over an hour in <laughs> about yeah. this time right now. So yeah. I think forty minutes is pretty good. Yeah, it's probably all right. right on. To those of you listening, we're going to take a short break before we dig into our main topic in Ephesians chapter 4. But while we do that, we're going to play this week's featured song. Super excited to be featuring this artist. I just got permission this week, and it put me over the moon. I'm not going to lie. It is This I Pray by Nikki Gracious. Hope you enjoy it. Be sure and stick around. We'll talk at you in a few. For my sin that you put out of your sight Never thought that that could happen Father God, I'm so ashamed Memories of what I did Always rushing through my brain It's hard to wrap my mind around How you could just forgive Can't comprehend the fact That you would even let me live You know all of the secrets I keep hidden in the dark All the evil desires That keep on lurking in my heart Lord, take it from me Cause I hate it that I'm ugly It's hard to talk to people Cause I know that they would judge me They probably say I need to be locked up inside a cell He's sick inside his head And he ain't never gonna get well They say that I should die And that would probably be the truth He ain't fit for society His confession is the proof So I keep it to myself Cause I'm scared of what they'll say I reveal myself to you Cause I know you gon' make a way This I pray, this I pray If it's one thing you gon' do is make a way That you lead me to a home where I can stay That you hear me when I come to you with tears And share the pain with you I face throughout the years This I pray, I asked you to kill me and then you did You had to kill me so I could live This I pray, everything you show to me I will remember And that you love me even though I'm still a sinner These voices in my head, you hear them too They persecuting me and they persecuting you was diagnosed a paranoid schizophrenic Tried taking the medicine, now I'm doing it organic Ain't completely recovered, but God, I'm trusting in your plan You showed me your light and I put my life inside your hands People think I'm crazy when I tell them what I've seen Not the visions of the trances, ain't talking about the dreams I'm talking about the watchers, Lord, I seen them with my eyes The way you showed me, they was connected to my mind Enlighten me, Father, I know you showed me for a reason I picked up on a pattern, seen the signs of the season And now I'm scared to death for all the souls of my people Let them think that I'm crazy, the way you rescued them from evil You handed me the keys and said, drive while you can I hope I don't crash, give me the strength to be a man This I pray, this I pray If it's one thing you gon' do is make a way That you lead me to a home where I can stay That you hit me when I come to you with tears And share the pain with you I face throughout the years This I pray, I asked you to kill me and then you did You had to kill me so I could live This I pray, everything you show to me I will remember 
And that you love me even though I'm still a sinner I pray you reunite me with my son And my daughters don't hate me for everything that I've done Protected from evil, Jesus, I'm begging you for this Let me tell them I'm sorry for everything that I missed Show them you can do miracles, how you heal the broken vessel Let them call out to you and help them fight against the devil I pray for my mama, she finally gave her heart to you Now I pray that my daddy gon' do the same thing too My sister's still struggling, God, I hope you intervene Protect my grams and show them all you still the king I pray for all my friends who struggle with drug addiction Help Latami and Kelly, father, you know I really miss them Bless Jimmy Graham for all the prayers on my behalf Help Robert with driving, God, I can't wait to see him laugh And finally, Lord, I pray you help my stinking baby I thank you for making me a special kind of crazy This I pray, this I pray If it's one thing you gon' do is make a way That you lead me to a home where I can stay That you hear me when I come to you in tears And share the pain with you I face throughout the years This I pray, I ask you to kill me and then you did You had to kill me so I could live This I pray, everything you show to me I will remember And that you love me even though I'm still And we are back again. That was This I Pray by Nikki Gracious. Great artist. Uh, please show him some love. There's several ways you can find him. He's on Spotify. He's on Apple Music. His links for his playlist will be in the episode description below. Again, that's Nikki Gracious. And also, I've just uh, created a playlist for the podcast, specifically if you're on Spotify for music that we featured on the podcast. is an easy place to go if you want to listen you want to listen to that list and have have easy access to explore more, more from these artists that playlist is called broken record radio so if you're on spotify go check that out it's a public playlist and you can follow that so very first song i've ever heard of him and i loved it man it's it speaks oh yes it does you can feel the emotion behind it oh yeah it's very relevant to what we're talking about today actually but yeah it's a very powerful song i love it everything he does is pretty powerful to be honest yeah yeah so, i really like him yeah you guys got your shovels ready Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, time to dig deep. Yeah. I, was like, I was like, uh, uh are we talking? Oh wait, shovel. What? <laughs> what? Did I miss the? I was like, we're in Ephesians, right? <laughs> yes, Chris. Yes, that's what we're digging. <laughs> I can dig it. <laughs> so again, this is part two in our study called "Being Renewed." Last week we started out in Ephesians four verses one through sixteen, I believe. That's where we left off. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's heavily that's heavily focused on unity. What he's really talking about there is how to exist collectively in the body, right? What that transformation, that being renewed process should look as a body. Then we get into verse 17 and then it starts getting super personal, Yeah. right? We, we shift a little bit away from the body paradigm into what does it look like in your heart as a, as an individual, what does this look like? And that's what we're going to be. Before we dive in, did you guys have any comments that you wanted to make about last week's study in Ephesians 4, anything that got left unsaid that you wanted to comment on there? Mm-mm. No? Truthfully, I can't remember what was said. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's not until it comes out that I end up remembering, and then I'm like, oh, maybe I should have said that, or, you know, maybe I should have said that, and I'm just like, no, okay. 
Yeah. We'll just trust that everything God said that was supposed yeah. to be said. Yeah. That's good. So we're just going to read about three verses at a time, two or three verses at a time, and then we'll stop and discuss. That's okay with you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Again, I'm reading from the New American Standard Bible. And this is Ephesians 4, starting in verse 17. So this I say and affirm together with the Lord that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles also walk in the futility of their mind. Remember from last week, walk is prepateo, and it means your mode of conduct, how you behave, how you live your life, your living testimony, like we Mm -hmm. talked about in the top half. That's what he's talking about here. Being darkened in their understanding, excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the hardness of their heart, and they having become callous, have given themselves over to sensuality for the practice of every kind of impurity with greediness. We're going to stop there. How does that hit you guys? It's rough. Does it hit hard? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like a gut punch? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I will say too, I think there's a rabbit trail here as far as when, when it says that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do. I think that kind of stems from the from what was known as a Gentile in this time versus a Jew versus to what is now in today's time referred to as a Jew and Gentile. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you know it, in this time in this time frame, to me the gent and I say to me just so it's I'm not saying this is the way that it was, but pretty pretty much a Gentile was anybody. That was a non-believer at this time, mm-hmm. not just, not just everybody else, right? That hadn't been shared the gospel of Christ was a Gentile, right? So I think that kind of that needs to be reiterated for people that might not know that you know, like today, me, you know, I'm I'm referred to as a Gentile, right? I don't say me and you because I know your faith background, but like it's. I think the the condemnation here of that word here is different. Yeah, it's 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 covenant language. So Gentile here is derived from the uh, from a Hebrew context. So we need to understand that that everything written here is is written upon a foundation of a Hebrew text, right? Mm-hmm. And in the Hebrew, it's goyim, where, where we get the word Gentile is goyim, and it literally means of the nations. So that word Gentile is referring to those who are outside of the covenant. So biblically speaking, throughout, from Genesis to Revelation, you have the paradigm of God's nation is Israel, and everything outside of Israel is of the nations, the Gentiles, the Goyim, the outside of covenant. The moment you enter into covenant with him, you become Israel. You become part of his nation, his spiritual nation, which is Israel. So once you enter in, you're no longer of the nations, you're of the nation. You're Israel at that point what we would call the, the, the church, which is, I'm not going to dive into the rap, that rabbit trust, a bad translation. It's the assembly, yeah. right? Ecclesia in Greek is where we get, where we get church. It's, it's church really comes from the Greek Kirk. Uh, ecclesia means assembly. And it's a reference to the people of God, the people in covenant. So what Paul's saying here is no longer live like those who are outside of covenant anymore. Live like you belong in the covenant, right? Start acting like he's talking right. about living testimony. Stop, claiming the name of Jesus and living like a pagan. Because we need to remember the context of who he's talking to here. We're talking about Ephesus. Mostly, primarily here, he's talking to Christians who were pagans before. 
they came from from uh, uh, it was a cult around a goddess called Artemis or Diana, depending on whether you were you were talking from a Greek or Roman mindset. And it was pretty vile. Not going to get into the details. That the 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 pagan cult that they were a part of was pretty vile and pretty vulgar. He's saying, "Don't live like that anymore. Don't drag that mm-hmm. stuff into the into the assembly. It has no place there." Uh, there's a word. It's called a syncretism, and what syncretism means is to take elements of pagan worship and incorporate it into the Christian worship, and try to so-called quote unquote redeem it for Christ. So you take pagan elements or idolatrous practices that the Most High calls abominable, and you bring it into the faith and say, this is Jesus. This is of Jesus now. Mm-hmm. He's saying don't do that. He's saying that, that, that stuff has no place with, within the covenant group of the people of God. That's what Paul's saying here. Right. Well, sounds pretty familiar. It does a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> um, also, too, I will say that I think later on in 19, when it— and it says they are giving themselves over to sensuality. I think a lot of people go straight to like just things that have to do with sexual pleasure. But I think here, I think what, what this, what this is sensuality here is I forget the word. You would probably know the. It's a selgeia right. in Greek and it, it a better translation is probably licentiousness, but it's referencing a faith that feels good. It's based around your feelings. Right. So, so yeah, basically it was, you know, at, you know, if you didn't have to live for God, all you had to do was at this point, if you didn't live for God, the only thing you had to live for was to please your senses. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think on top of, you know, sexual immorality, I mean, anything that would engage, in that would engage you in sin as to feel better about yourself. You know, I think that's kind of where, so it's just, I think that's a more encompassing word that it's not just sexual impurity. He's talking about, he's talking about pursuing things to please your emotions that would lead you to sin. Right. The over, you know, the overarching context of, of the entirety really of this fourth chapter of Ephesians is the old self versus the new self. Mm -hmm. So the new self is being created by the spirit dwelling within you and it's killing your old self. I I think, uh, I think Nikki mentions that in that song that we just played. I asked you to kill me. You had to kill me so I could live. He's talking about killing that old self so that the, you can have room for the new self. And that's what Paul's talking about here. Stop trying to, to stop trying to play both sides to the middle. Is what Paul's saying. You can't have one foot in the new self and keep one foot in the old self. You have to be all in. You have to be all in in the new self and start acting like it. Let it, let it, let the change happen within, but also let that change bubble out to the surface and be manifest in what you do and in how you live. You mentioned that word, aselgeia. I want to link that because the same word is used in the letter written by Jude. And I actually want to do a full study on Jude, but we're just going to reference one verse because I think it's important because he uses the same word here and it gives us a little bit more insight in a, into what I think Paul's talking about here. It's Jude uh, chapter one, verse four, or just verse four. It's only one chapter. It says, for certain persons have crept in. It's talking about the people of God. He's saying that these people pretend to be believers. For certain persons have crept in unnoticed. Those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into licentiousness and deny our only master and Lord Jesus Christ. So he's saying what they're doing is they're taking his grace and his mercy and they're using that as an excuse to sin. Mm -hmm. 
They're saying that since we have grace, we're allowed to sin now. We can do whatever we want. So we can bring these licentious practices, these things that feel good to our old self, and we can freely engage in those practices because, well, he's going to forgive us anyway. And Jude says that in doing that, they're essentially denying Jesus. They're denying Yeshua because they're not, you know, you, you showed me that video before we didn't, we didn't talk about it on record, but you talked you, you showed me that video before we hit record, Sonny, about uh, taking his name in vain. Mm-hmm. And what that really means is carrying his name falsely or bringing his name to nothing. And it's, it's about a, a name in Hebrew is the person. It's not so much about the syllables. It's more about the person behind the name. So when we misrepresent him, we bring his name to nothing. And that's what Jude's telling us here. And what Paul's telling us here also is that when we misrepresent Yeshua, when we misrepresent Jesus, we're bringing his name to nothing. And he doesn't take that lightly. Right? That's essentially what he's saying here. Just staring awkwardly to see if I get any comments back. No. Well, and that's because, okay, I, I'm not new to faith. Mm-hmm. I'm not new to, um, I, I guess, uh, I don't know how to really say it. It's more or less of. Um, you knew about him, but you didn't truly know him. Is that how you would describe it? Maybe no, because I knew him before too. Did you? Um, this is just a um, a retrack. You know, this is this is a, a further uh, enhancement of what I uh, what I do know, what I've felt for a very long time. Um, so would you? Would sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. So would you describe it as as you knew him, but then you sort of backslid a little bit? You oh, like I backslid a lot. Okay. You so know, um, I, I would say the same about myself. That's why I asked. I think I, I knew him, but then I strayed outside of the line Oh, I, and walked away from him a little bit. Yeah. I, I completely went backwards on the path, you know? Um, and at, understanding all this stuff has kind of been a little bit different for me. And um, I don't know if it's age, knowledge, um, little bit of wisdom or whatever, but, um, it's different for me now. Mm-hmm. Um, and where we're going with this, I can, I can relate to, I can place it in my life, you know, because there's certain things in my life that I'm trying to like, is this okay to keep? <laughs> yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And, um, Nine times out of ten, he's like, no. <laughs> he's like, love you, son. Get rid of me. No, yeah. it's not supposed to be that way. But, um, you know, one of my biggest questions now, because I've never, I've never questioned this, is, um, you know, are we, are we using his name right? Mm-hmm. Are we using the right terminology or is the uh, you know is the translation possibly wrong somehow? Um, and you know I've even prayed about this, and uh, you know it it's it's important to me, yeah. Because if I'm using not the right terminology, then that's kind of using his name in vain and making his name useless. And, you know, you've, you've said 
was it Yashua and uh, you know a couple other different ones and everything. And I've like I've I've kind of held on to those, and then I don't remember. <laughs> like I try to like whenever I pray, like I want to I want to use a name, and I want to use the right one. And I, I want to have that personal connection, like in that video I, I seen, you know, if you showed up to a party at my house and what would you say, you know, and I had security sitting around, you know, and I had security sitting around the house waiting, you know, for people to come in, who would you, who would you say you're there to see me? Right. Mm -hmm. Would you use my name? Mm hmm. Now, if you said Sean, would they let you in? They wouldn't let Probably you in. Not. Probably not, because it, it evidences that you don't really know the person you're there to see. Right. So, you know, and that's the thing is, like, that. that's just in my mind. You know, that's one of the questions I have. And that's something that I'm seeking right now. Mm -hmm. You know, and I want to use the right name i want to use the right terminology and i want to be able to feel the comfort in knowing for a fact that that's what i'm supposed to do right so i whenever and blindness of their heart and that was one thing um it's actually part of it's the end of 18 yeah and who being past feeling is the beginning of 19 because the way that i take that is who being past feeling is like you know you get those little goosebumps and stuff what like i took this in a whole different manner just now than i did last night whenever i was studying it isn't that amazing how that works <laughs> <laughs> because the 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 f be, who being past feeling like like you were kind of saying like those little feelings of you know like whenever you listen to a song in church you get those little goosebumps and you know is that like the presence of god or is it the peace the the ultimate knowing that what you're doing is right mhm mm you know, is that the presence of God? Or, I mean, possibly could be, you know, you get those little goosebumps and that could be, you know, some people don't actually even understand what the presence of God is. Yeah. You know, I mean, some people think of a blinding light that's shining upon you that, you know, I mean, they see translations of in books and readings and everything else. And, you know, the presence of God in your life is that you're being led by him yes and you know even though there's hardships there's crazy stuff that happens you know you stay calm you stay present you stay in god's word you stay with god no matter what and ultimately i i always go back to god is peace and if you're following god then peace is with you no matter what yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I, I'm a music person, like completely and utterly. I love music. 
and I've always got the little goosebumps whenever I hear a song or I, I tear up whenever I end up, you know, having something hit my heart whenever I'm listening to, uh, you know, um, song in church, you know, but, uh, you know, I think that's more of our feelings inside of praise kind of, I think that's whenever we get, I don't think that's necessarily the presence. I think that's what's within us whenever we actually praise God. And the difference is, is God's presence isn't always known and isn't always a bright shining light. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, sometimes it's, it's a, uh, a pencil lead. You yeah. know, I think that his presence in speaking to somebody is, can be completely different case in point, you know, Sonny, you're, you say you're very musical inclined, whereas somebody that sits right next to you in church could hear that same hymn and not be moved at all. Right. But then the, then the, the pastor reads a verse and that person completely breaks down from the verse. Whereas you're just sitting there listening to somebody yeah. hear that verse. So I think that's important too, that, you know, the, the presence of God is speaks differently to everybody, to, to different yeah. people. And I think yeah. he comes to people in different ways too. I know I've never experienced things quite, quite as, as different as Carl, but I know, and I've said this before, one of the ways that I feel him is in talking to him and praying to him, which again, praying is a conversation and the little warm and fuzzies in my heart. I, to me, that is him speaking to me saying that is right. Mm -hmm. That is, this is something that you need to look into. This is something to pursue versus if, if I'm just talking and I kind of glaze over something, well then maybe that's not him talking to me about that subject. You know what I mean? Right. So, and you know, his presence is going to be felt differently depending upon your circumstances as well. You know, you'll, you'll feel his presence different if he's convicting you or chastising you over sin than you would if, you know, he's just teaching you, teaching you a simple truth and, you know, presence in presence during discipline isn't necessarily pleasant. No. Right. And, you know, even when he's trying to show you something, it's not necessarily a disciplinary issue. It can be unpleasant. There was a, there was a case, I forget where it's at. I'm going off, off memory, but Abraham at one point received a vision from the most high and it says that it terrified him and it was the presence. It was the presence, the most high that was there. It was, it was the most high giving him this vision. And it said that darkness descended over Abraham and it terrified him. You know, we just read uh, a couple of weeks ago into Daniel 10, he received yeah. a vision from the most high and he was disturbed to the point of sickness for weeks. Yeah. You know, like sometimes that, you know, we need to make sure that we define peace the right way. Yeah. He, he will give us that, that peace. You know what I mean? When we need that, but it's not like every second of every day for our entire life will just be this, this perfect, oh, you know, yeah. you know, per, this perfect still water contentment. Right. Right. And, in a, in a lack of discomfort, that's, that's, yeah, I just want to make sure that the people yeah. listening understand that, right. that if you feel waves, yeah. it doesn't mean that the presence has left you. Yeah. Right. It mm-hmm. just means that that's the season you're in and there's something that he needs to teach you through that. Right. Um, I'm glad you brought this up too, Sonny, cause that's kind of why, that's kind of why I feel like, 19 kind of spoke to me 
because that's exactly what happened in my walk is, you know, shortly after, shortly after high school, um, there's a falling out at my church and I had, at the time I didn't realize it, but I had put a lot of, a lot of my faith in people and not in God. And so much so to the fact that when I saw the church, like the, 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 the second of three churches I had been to at that point, deteriorating to the point of actually just decay, the church didn't exist. The building did, but the people and the body weren't there anymore. I kind of, I walked away from it. I kind of, I stopped going to church. I kind of, I put my Bible away. I didn't. And so in the absence of living for God, something came into my life that told that, and this was me, the something I was, that was the devil. You, you need a purpose. You need Something, so I started doing different things. I started drinking alcohol, started doing all kinds of other, you know, things in my life that weren't for him, trying to find that sense of fulfillment, mm-hmm. that sense of purpose. And I think that's what a lot of people do is they, when they, they're not living for him, they go and they try to find something else to live for. And it's all folly. It's, yeah. And I can tell you, you get to a point where you you get a hard heart. And it, I mean, he's always there, you know, patiently pursuing you through that. But it's up to you ultimately to, to come back to him, to realize that you have to put those things aside and put living for him first before, before you'll, you'll find that fulfillment, right? Mm-hmm you know, that sense of purpose is only comes from him because everything else doesn't matter. Right. And see, I, I think we kind of hit it on this earlier whenever we were talking about, you know, our age groups, um, you know, people from 30 to 50 now are starting to kind of wake up a little bit and trying to, you know, the way that we've lived for so long isn't making sense anymore. Yeah. You know, all, I mean, we wake up, we go to work, we come home, we have projects or, you know, other work. And, you know, then we go to sleep and we do it all over again. You know, there's no meaning behind it except for, you know, maybe what money. Yeah. I mean, you know, material things, uh, you know, glorifying worldly things. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, there's no meaning behind anything that is in our society anymore. I mean, in all reality, everything that we were taught, everything that we believed as children, as as teenagers, as as growing up, that we thought meant something, like all the the TV shows, the sports stuff, the I mean, everything that like I mean, we used to basically worship you know, celebrities. We still do. Yeah. It's not as bad as what it used yeah, to be. Not, not as bad, but, but I mean, and you know, even, you know, I mean, music, every, like everything that we had in our lives is starting to deteriorate. Well, in a lot of people's minds. Right. Yep, I mean, how I many agree. times have you had the conversation with somebody of, you know, all oh, this person, you know, so-and-so is this new singer that dropped a, 
a new label and oh man, they've absolutely made it. You know, they're, you know, they're living the life or, you know, this, somebody gets recruited out of college into the NFL and signs a multi-million dollar con. Oh man, they've made it They, That's the life. I mean, how many times have you heard somebody say, Hey, this person got saved. Oh man, that's the, they're living the life. You'll never see that on the grant and, and, you know, advertised in social media because that's not, by and large, what the world deems is living the, is life. Living the life or, you know, or, or, or making it. But to me, yeah. it's like when somebody says to me, hey, I found the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior and asked him in my heart to, to save me from my sin. I'm like, man, you made you it. Made it. Yeah. That's the goal. Boom. Now let's figure out how to walk that out. You know what I mean? And that's where I think I feel like. I mean, by and large, that never really, that never really was a, a lot to be touted. But I think that's, that's where, you know, the, the disconnection is, is I don't think there's enough emphasis put on when, you know, when somebody's get saved anymore. Yeah. And I mean, that was a, a, a big thing for me was having their, their understanding darkened. Mm-hmm. And that was the beginning of 18. And I, because my understanding of what life was about, what life is about, wasn't about God, wasn't about understanding, wasn't about knowledge about Christ. It wasn't about anything about Christ. It wasn't anything about God. It wasn't anything about the Bible. It was about money, fame, fortune just mm -hmm. material things uh being able to find somebody to live with because they looked a certain way you know what i mean yeah um you know having the the hottest woman in the room you know what i mean like that's what i thought life was about for many many years and it wasn't that i forgot about god because believe me, he always, he always peeked in and made sure that I knew. And that was the thing. God always came back into my life, no matter what, some way, some, somehow he, he poked his head in and was just like, Hey, I'm still over here. I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting for you to do what you need to do. Yeah. And I think that that's, I don't know that because the way that I read this last night and the way that this is going now is two completely different <laughs> things. And it's weird how that works, but <laughs> it's awesome yeah. at the same time. You yeah. ain't, you, you're not going to get all the way through. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. We'll see how the conversation <laughs> goes. We'll, we'll adjust. Well, that's fine. We actually made it into three parts anyways, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We can make it four. Well, you're going to find this is what this, we did this all the time. We're like, we're like, I think we can get this done three episodes six episodes yeah. <laughs> we're still going uh -huh. everything in the world it feels like is built around putting that light out yeah you know what i mean putting the light of god out and and distracting you with fake light yeah you know what i mean a, yeah. a, a false light a false sense of security i find it interesting the contrast in your translation sunny it says that uh they were past feeling in the beginning of verse 19 Mine says they became calloused. So I think it's translating that same term there, but they they can't feel anymore is what the implication is. And the irony of that. that having, having lost all sensitivity. Yeah. Is, yeah. My, is, is my translation. Three different translations. Yeah. Three different 
kind of almost meanings Mm -hmm. and yet still saying the same thing. Yeah. Giving you different flavors of, of the meaning of what's being said here. Right. But the interesting thing is that their past feeling, it says, so they give themselves over to sensuality. And what that, what that, the, the picture that paints for me is there's, They've been so hardened in their heart and so deceived by the enemy that now it's just like an endless chase for feeling. They can't feel anything anymore, so they're chasing feeling anywhere they think they can find it. You know, five minutes of feeling somewhere, and then it fades again, and they're they're right back at at the chase. That's where I was. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I believed in God. You know, I I, I gave an, a good outward show, but I was chasing things I shouldn't have been chasing because I couldn't feel anything anymore, yeah. and I was desperate to feel something. You know, and, and it's a, it's a trap. That's what I was, I mean, in all reality, my, my alcoholism was a part of that, mm-hmm. you know, um, I was chasing that feeling that alcohol gave me because I couldn't feel anything else anymore. Mm-hmm. And it like, it was an everyday occurrence. I mean, huh. every single day I drank not to be sociable not to be um funner or anything it was it was i drank to get that feeling and then i'd you know go past that and then it would be oblivion and then it was a reoccurring cycle just to have a certain feeling yeah yeah i think it's important too like so to mention like when you're chasing those false feelings those false emotions how it can build on itself because there is no, we get a small sense of satisfaction at the end of it, but it leads us to have to go bigger the next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, how many, you know, the enemy gives you a little glimmer of false hope. Yeah. Right. Like it, like that, 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 that piece of meat dangling in front of your mm-hmm. face that you're constantly chasing and never finding. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll use a, a small example of like, even just going to see like a horror movie. Right. So you mm-hmm. see one that's got, a small bit of, you know, blood and gore next to you. Like, and you get that, that rush at the end of it. Like, Oh man, that was an excellent movie. But then the next time you go, it's gotta be a little bit more and a little bit more until the point where you're watching just completely demonic, gory, decapitational, whatever you want to watch. And then, then you're just not feeling it. And you're like, I don't feel nothing at the end of this. I think that's, it's important to remember too. Like if you, if you're stuck in that cycle, like that's, that's why you're not getting nothing out of, of what you're doing because that's a false emotion. Yeah. And I think we, we, a lot of us search that in a lot of things. Like it doesn't have to be one certain area. We, we all are different. We all enjoy different things, Mm -hmm. but yet ultimately we're all supposed to be in one, in one thing. And then whatever he, he chooses to give us gifts on, you know, because he gives us all different gifts, you know, gifts that we can use to, you know, be a part of this community, this you know, congregation, whatever. And to use those gifts, you, I mean, that's, that's a part of the body, Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, possibly could be 
athleticism or, you know, uh, being able to build stuff, you know, being able to, um, cook good. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, all these different things come together and then we have a community that can do anything and everything that needs done possible to be able to reach out to other people. Yeah. You know, and, uh, the thing is, is like, I never, I never knew that community. I never knew that feeling of togetherness. And, you know, I was always searching that together. I was always searching for that, but yet I never found it in areas that I was looking, you know, it was always, I was always going to the bars. I was always going to crazy places and always going to you know, places that I shouldn't be and, you know, people I shouldn't be around. And, you know, now that I'm starting to walk this path again, you know, and, and starting to really realize what I was going through, what I was doing, it was all self-induced, you know, um, I was doing it to myself kind of, and, you know, I never realized that until just here recently, you know, and, and it came down to really getting in the word and really, you know, getting myself surrounded by people that are of God, you know, that he put in my life to teach me different things. And, uh, I'm, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm grateful for the, the understanding now, because whenever it comes to having their understanding darkened, I lived in the dark for years mm -hmm. and I didn't understand why and I didn't, but now it's, you know, it's my testimony. It's, it's my story. And whenever it comes down to it, that's what God's going to end up using different times of my life to be able to get to people. Yep. Just like this past week, you know, it happened in just a matter of seconds. And, you know, hopefully that guy shows up to the Bible study on Tuesday because I told him about it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, you know, like those little things like that, those little moments. And I, I'm, I'm really grateful for him and it, being on this side of it now, not, I have purpose. I have meaning like I not completely fulfilled, <laughs> not, you know, like I still have areas in my life where I'm like not there yet, but I, the feeling on this side of it, I feel me and I've never ever in my life felt that. Yeah. Those who have been forgiven much love much. There's so much truth that I keep coming back to that, to that phrase from, from Jesus. It, you know, the ones that are the most grateful for what he's done for them are the ones that he allowed to fall the furthest. It seems like, yeah. it seems like the ones that haven't been through much are so unthankful to him too often. You know, I was, when I look back before I, before I strayed, I wasn't very grateful. You know what I mean? I took for granted the things he had done for me and then he let me fall and then he picked me up and now I see things different. Yeah. You know, he gave me different eyes to see through and I, I see him in a different way now. And I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, it hurts that I had to hurt him to get to that place where I saw him the right way. I'd give anything if it could have, if it could have been done a different way. Yeah. Right. The guilt's hard to get past, but 
but I do see him differently now. I see him for who he truly, truly is to us. And I just, I long for the day when everybody sees him like that. The other word I wanted to look at, it's in that same verse 19 there, it's impurity. It's like atharsia in Greek, and it literally means uncleanness. And I wanted to make a connection here. I don't know how far we'll get. It's in the book of Haggai. I didn't put a bookmark in. It's a tiny little book, so it might take me 15 tries here flipping through. Yep, missed it. Let's try again. This is why I was using my device, Chris. I was going to say, I've given up. I'm going to my device. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's only like one page. I'm even missing it on the app. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel how, better. How is that? There it is. I was like, what? Is it in one or two? It's going to be chapter two, verses 12 through 14. Say the verse again. 12 through 14. Okay. Hey, guy, 12. I got two. I was like, there's no there's, I got 12. I was going to say, there was like, there's no I got 12, man. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I didn't say chapter. I said, say the verse. So yeah, I, I did. You did exactly as I asked, but <laughs> my, my lack of understanding. This will make my introductory question to you. Hopefully make a little bit more sense and less weird about the dead fish. It always, always kind of comes together. <laughs> Hopefully, unless I forget, then it's just weird. I don't know. All right. Verse 12, if a man carries, and this is the most high asking Israel, this is a this is a rhetorical question he's asking, right? He knows the right answer, but he's trying to get them to say the right answer so they can see the error of their way. They're, they're syncretizing, okay? They're bringing uncleanness into their faith, what we talked about earlier in this, in this verse, the, mm-hmm. the act of bringing, bringing unclean practices into the worship of the most high. And he's trying to get them to see why this is wrong because they can't see it because they're blind. They're in that, that, that place of spiritual darkness and blindness. They can't see it anymore. If a man carries holy meat in the fold of his garment and touches bread with his fold or cooked food, wine, oil, or any other food, will it become holy? And the priests answered no. So he's, actually, he's asking a, a question relating to the law. He's saying, if, if, if this meat that you're holding in your pocket, you have, you have a fish in your pocket and it's considered clean. If you use your coat to touch something else, if I take that, I have this clean fish in my pocket and I touch this chair with my coat, does the chair become clean? No. The holiness doesn't jump from the fish to the chair, right? The holiness doesn't spread. The object may be holy, but that doesn't make everything it touches holy. That's what he's saying here. Verse 13, then Haggai said, if one who is unclean from a corpse touches any of these, will the latter become unclean? And the priests answered, it will become unclean. They were right. Uncleanness spreads. Holiness doesn't. Biblically speaking, holiness doesn't spread to what it touches, but uncleanness does. This is a teaching tool, right? This is one of those areas in the law where he's, he's using uncleanness to teach us about sin. Mm-hmm. uncleanness spreads. When something unclean touches something else, it becomes unclean with it. Then Haggai said, so is this people. 
And so is this nation before me, declares the Most High. And so is every work of their hands, and what they offer there is unclean. So that's why I asked this question. It's actually, it's actually a metaphor I used on the round table at one point. If I put, if you put a dead fish in your coat pocket, Chris, mm-hmm. and you zip it, or you, um, don't zip, if you sew it shut and you keep the dead fish there, will the coat become filthy as the fish rots? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what he's teaching us here. When we bring uncleanness into our heart, it spreads. It inevitably spreads to everything around it. And Paul's warning us using this teaching tool about unclean, and I think he's pointing to the same thing Haggai's pointing at here. The uncleanness that you invite into your heart to dwell there will spread. It won't become, the the uncleanness, the sin won't become holy because you have some holy things in your heart. The uncleanness will make everything unholy. Eventually, even the holiness in your heart will become corrupt. That's what he's saying. Sin corrupts. It spreads like a cancer and it corrupts. And the only way to address the sin problem is to let the spirit cut it out like the cancer that it is. You can't hold holiness and unholiness in the same hand and expect the unholiness to suddenly become good and clean and and righteous like these people that Jude warned us about were doing. They were using the grace to say, well, uncleanness is okay now. No, it's not. Grace doesn't make uncleanness clean. It forgives us. It's merciful to us, right? It, it, mm-hmm. it for, he forgives us through his grace, but that doesn't make the sin okay. It doesn't make him okay with unholiness all of a sudden. He still wants us to walk with him to cut it out, and that's what Paul's telling us here in this, in this verse. Cut this out. You can't walk like that anymore. You've got to cooperate with the process because the uncleanness will spread. It's inevitable. It will. Going back to Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 20, Paul says, But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus. That's kind of a harsh statement he's making there. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a backhand. He's saying what he's saying there, you didn't learn Jesus in the way that you're practicing. You didn't learn him as 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 a pro-pagan, pro-sin savior. You learned him as a redeemer that rescues you from your sin and changes you radically. And I think what he's saying here is you act like you don't know him at all. By your behavior, it looks like you don't even know him. That's what he's saying here, I believe. And I think that kind of, like, because people look, people would look at me and they, they wouldn't think that I'm a Christian, probably, you know. And uh, a a big thing the other day, um, a couple of coworkers kind of looked at me a little funny <laughs> because I like carrying on like with with other people like, you know, you get a group of guys and some of them are, you know, they believers in God, they go to church, but they don't, they conduct themselves in certain ways and don't really conduct themselves in a manner where you would think that they were Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, and I kind of, I, I, I thought about this last night and I wanted to talk about it and I didn't know where I was going to talk about it at, but this is probably it. Yep. <laughs> uh, it always happens. It yeah. always lines up perfect somehow. Well, like I conducted myself in a manner to where like I was given one of the guys some crap and 
I kind of had to think about it afterwards because I was just like, well, that wasn't very Christian-like. You know what I mean? And I was, uh, and I need to, it's one of those lessons that I'm learning. And I'm not perfect. I'm never going to claim to be or anything like that. And I'm still learning ways to be able to be better than what I was yesterday. And, you know, I'm still going to conduct myself in manner sometimes to where it's not going to be Christ-like. It's not going to be Christian-like. And I know that. And I'm not, I'm okay with that for right now because this is, this is an early walk for me and I don't, I'm not condoning it, but I know it's going to happen because I have so many years of so much stuff that I have to unlearn Mm -hmm. and I have to undo within me to be able to be more Christ-like, to be a better Christian, to be the person that I know that I'm meant to be but like you know um men conduct themselves in in pretty derogatory manners sometimes yeah. you know whenever we get together work co-workers and you know stuff like that and this was one of those moments to where god kind of was just like hey maybe you shouldn't do this no more i was kind of convicted of it you know what i mean afterwards and um i i i was like okay all right this is where I know I need to start working on. Like, this is where it's one of those moments of saying, Hey, um, conduct yourself in a little bit different manner from now on. Yeah. And, uh, I, I used to despise these moments. Seriously. Whenever I was convicted of something, I used to hate these moments and I used to run God. I would run, So I would run as far as I could. And now it's, I think it, like you were saying, God, God changes us in certain times in certain manners and brings us to certain points in life to where we, we can appreciate it. Mm -hmm. And he knows us internally, mentally, physically, spiritually, everything. He knows us. So, he knows what point that we're going to break. He knows what we have to go through to be able to become who he needs us to be and where we need to be that. And I had to be brought down to a pretty hard low. I had to be brought into a pretty hard darkness to be able to become loving, become you know, um, insightful to end up seeing these little times and little bitty things sometimes that I needed to change. And one of them is not conducting myself in manners that are derogatory or, um, what was the word? Lewdness. I don't know. I don't know why I thought of that. Like it was like, it's kind of, I was like, man, that was kind of gross. <laughs> yeah. Looking back, you know, like it was kind of, I, I shouldn't, I shouldn't really think I, I shouldn't really conduct myself that way, you know, but, uh, um, and it was actually the look that I got from, um, a coworker that actually like reads my stuff and like knows what I'm trying to be and knows what I'm trying to do. And, 
And that was the conviction because like, truthfully, I think God speaks to us through other people. I do too. And it, cause he didn't say a word. There, there, there was no word spoken and you know, it was just a look. And, and then it was like, okay, all right. Yep. All right. I get you. I got you. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, you mentioned too, how you had to, you, you got to a pretty dark place and you see things different. Yeah. You see more clearly. There's this scene in, uh, I think it's called Pilgrim's Progress. And he's trying to, he's trying to find his way to the light. Like he's, he's, you know, he's in this unbelieving world and he's received the word and he's trying to find his way there. And there's a scene that I find really impactful that he can't make out the light until he stops wiping the tears away. It's when he's crying and in sorrow and the tears refract it so that he can see the light clearly where he needs to go. Oh, and wow. It, it reminds me of a poem. I forget who wrote it, but it says, I walked a mile with pleasure. She chatted all the way. And I grew none the wiser for all she had to say. I walked a mile with sorrow and never a word said she, but oh, the things I learned from her when sorrow walked with me. I really think that's what Paul's describing here. I really do. You have to walk through these dark times sometimes to, to see the light more clearly. Sometimes the light gets drowned out it gets drowned out by the world around us and the most high needs to bring darkness into our world so we can see the light more clearly the direction we're supposed to be going so we're not distracted to the left and the right anymore we just see that blinding light and we know that that's where i need to be that's where i need to be i found fulfillment nowhere else he lets us exhaust every other resource find fulfillment nowhere else until we know that's where i need to be You were digging pretty hard there, Chris. You want to share? Oh, you keep man. it to yourself man. on this audio podcast where we're supposed to share things with people. <laughs> no, I'm good. No, okay. I just, I was, something spoke to me and it was kind of along the same lines, but it, was, it has to do with another verse. So I'll wait until we get down to it. We may there's, not, a chan- there's a chance we might not get to the. To I don't that. think we're going to. I think we're going to read this next verse and then I think we're going to, I think we're going to push off these next few verses to next week because this gets really deep mm-hmm. from, from, I know we, I know we looked at 23 through 25 last week, but when you get through 26 and 30, there's a lot I want to dig into there. And I don't want it to, I don't want it to be rushed. Right. We've, we've opened up a lot yeah. this episode. I think we've, I think this is a good place to, to stop. I'll, I'll read verse 22 though. It says that in reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self. That's where I'm going to stop. And remember, we, we defined renewed or being renewed last week. It's aneneuho. means to be completely renovated. Let mm-hmm. the spirit gut you out, make you completely new again. You know, he lays it out, you know, and we've laid it out here in this discussion, the old ways the darkness, the the pursuit of pleasure, the pursuit of feeling. And I think we've all discovered that it leads to nowhere. No. Every path that that isn't that isn't walked with him is a dead end. It's a dead end leading to a pit. I think we've all discovered that in different ways. 
And he's saying, lay that aside. Don't hold on to it anymore. It was never your friend. It was never kind to you. Lay it aside. Let the Spirit do His work. Let's pull the needle off the record. Final thoughts. Sonny, you go first. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Sonny. (laughs) Um, Boomerang that right on around to him. Final thought. I think... uh, I think this is good for me right now because this this is deep for me. It speaks to speaks to where I'm at, speaks to where where my mindset, um, where my life is going. Um, put off concerning your old, or put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the de- to the deceitful lusts. You know that. It's exactly where I'm at in life. You know, it's exactly where my my uh, my path is. You know, and um, you know that it just it's where I'm at, and I'm not scared this time. I'm not running this time. I'm not go trying to numb the uncomfortability of it. Yeah. You know, uh, usually it's run as far as I can run away. And, and, uh, you know, this time it's facing it head on. So it's, I, I actually really love Ephesians. It, I've, I've read it quite a few times. Um, and then, you know, Philippians. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's, that's exactly where I'm at. So, I mean, with that, I'll pass it on to you, Chris. I just. Right on. And we, we ended in 24, correct? 23, I think. 23. That's the last part I read. No, oh, no, 24. You're right. I'm sorry. Right, okay. And that's, I just, I didn't want to go too far in my phone. I think so, you know, and speaking of taking off your old self and putting on, you know, basically the the likeness of God in, in this sense is I think symbolically it's good to try to to be able to appoint in your to, to be able to point to a time in your life and say, this is when I made this decision to get off the path that I was on and, and get out. I think there's always a pivotal moment in somebody's life where that happens. <clears throat> but I also, I think it's also good to notice too, like that's a process. And you've mentioned that Sonny of, I think a lot of people get caught up with, well, you know, I, I, I took off my old self and I put on, I put on the likeness of God and, and, uh, but two, three weeks go by and I fell back into sin and, and then they get downtrodden because I'm supposed to be this Christian and this, you know, warrior for God. And I'm supposed to, and they don't realize that, you know, like (laughs) it's a process. You're going to take off those old garments so many times. But the thing that's so great about God's patient pursuant of us is 
every time he will wash those garments and put them back on you new each and every time. So it's, it's a lot of times it is a process because the world has taught us for so long and we've pursued things for so long that had no emotion to them that we often slip into those. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I was going to talk about it and I'll talk about it more next week is it brings up anger. Um, that's, that's a very big, that's a very big proponent of my life. And one of the things I consistently struggle with, um, I, I guess a lot of people wouldn't look at or know it to like, listen to me, but they think, ah, he's just a big teddy bear. But I, there's times I can get pretty mean and ignorant towards people and it's something that I struggle with. But, and it used to be the point where I'm like, well, if, (laughs) if this is the way the world is, and this is the way that I'm going to be. And that's, I realize now that like, like that's the wrong attitude. Like it's always about taking off that, that filthy garment and putting on a new one. Not so, not, not so much the, that the, the anger is the sin. It's the, what I did with the anger that was the sin. So it's it's not going to be it's nice to be able to appoint to a, to a certain time and say this is like this is when i can definitively say my life took a different direction but i don't think it's always so cut and dry as the sanctification process that goes behind that so you bring up something that's a real struggle with me and that's guilt the enemy is so good. He'll he'll trick you into pursuing those feelings and those sins, and then when you do and you acknowledge how wrong it was, then he just bombards you with guilt. Uh, look what you did. You're not good enough for him. You'll never be good enough for him. You've screwed up too much, too completely. I struggle with that. I struggle really hard with that. Um, it's so easy for me to believe that he can wash you, Sonny, or you, Chris, or anybody else. I can look at the worst kind of sinner and say, I guarantee that person can be washed by the blood. I guarantee it. But then I look to myself and I struggle believing it for me. I can believe it for anybody else. And I have a hard time believing it for me. I really do. And I didn't realize how, how deep and how cancerous that problem was in my heart until the last few weeks that he really let it bubble to the surface that I don't really trust him to save me. I I'm so guilt-stricken by the things that I did wrong and the ways that I hurt him that I don't really believe in my heart that he forgives me for it. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so hard to get past that for me. And I think there's a piece of me that's trying to earn my salvation back. Mm-hmm. Right? I believe that Jesus is the way. I believe he's the only way. I believe he's our atonement. I believe all that. But there's a piece of me that's trying to make up for the things I did wrong. Right? Recently on the round table, the guys could tell I'd been struggling for a while, that I'd been struggling hard. And Mike got super convicted about it. And he's like, you know, man, and those of you that listen, you heard this, but I'm just going to tell this story because there's a little bit more to it off record. And he's like, you know, we can tell that you've been, that you've been struggling. And I've, I've, I've felt convicted for a while that I needed to say something and I didn't know what until right now. 
and I feel the Spirit telling me that I need to tell you. And keep in mind, I hadn't expressed to him at all what I was really struggling with. And he said, I feel like the Spirit wants me to tell you that you're enough. Man, man, it hit me so hard. Because for so long, I've never believed that, that I'm, I'm enough. Just me. I'm enough. And then the next day, Sonny, you made a post making a comment on a devotion and use the same wording. You're enough. I'm like, wow, that's, that's something. Three hours later, I'm sitting in the car. I get in the car just in time to turn the radio on just as the guy on the radio saying, you're enough. Same words. You have to believe you're enough. And then he brought me to Ezekiel chapter 16. And he brought me there twice in two days. Once I just turned there, turned there, Randall. I was actually searching for a different reference and I was convinced it was in chapter 16 for some reason and it's not. It was in chapter 6. Then the next day I listened to a sermon on Ezekiel chapter 16. And when you read it, it's really long. It's 63 verses. But it describes the Most High adopting us. And it's, it's a little graphic, but he describes it as if we were a baby that was born and tossed into a field and abandoned. And he says that I walked by and I saw you squirming in your blood. And I reached down and I rescued you. I picked you up and I made you mine. I adopted you. What some people don't know, and it's something I've known for a while, but it was reminded to me recently, is that in Roman culture, and I believe even in Hebrew culture, you could disown, you could disinherit a natural born son, but you can't disinherit an adopted child. Once you're adopted, it's done. It's forever. Can't be disinherited. And what he's saying, he's like, I take you, I adopt you, and I make you mine forever. Nothing's going to change that. I make you mine forever. But then he goes on to describe how this child grows up and strays away and backslides and commits adultery against him. And it describes all the sins of Israel. He's describing Israel, but he's describing us. I read this chapter and I see myself, right? I was adopted, but I didn't act like I was. And I strayed away and I sinned. And he he spends this entire chapter describing all of these sins and how these sins hurt him and cut him to the heart. And then you come to verse 60. And after all these sins and all these abominations and all this disrespect that he receives from his adopted child, he says this, and that's where I'll close. Nevertheless, I will remember my covenant with you, my adoption of you in the days of your youth, and I will establish an everlasting covenant with you, one that will last forever. Then you will remember your ways and be ashamed when you receive your sisters, both your older and your younger, And I will give them to you as daughters, but not because of your covenant. Thus, I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall know that I am Yahweh, so that you may remember and be ashamed and never open your mouth anymore because of your humiliation when I have forgiven you for all that you have done. The Lord God declares it. Not even for the asking. He forgives just because he's God and he's better than us and he loves us just because we exist. He loves us just because we exist. Guilt has its place. It causes us to return to him. But don't let guilt get out of control like it has in my heart. 
Don't let it cause you to think that you're not enough for him because you are. He has open arms and he's waiting for you to return to him and he will forgive you for everything that you've done. Don't doubt that. Don't doubt it. I want to thank you for listening. Thank you for including us in your day. And we pray that this has been a blessing to you. Chris, I think you're supposed to do the outros now. I was gonna say, just hit me. Just say you're taking over, dude. But I was gonna let you go. With no, it. no, I, I will stop myself. <laughs> I was Rewind like, the tape. Well, no, I was gonna. I was like, I was gonna. I was waiting for you to go silent for a minute, and I was gonna come right in with it. Uh, I ruined it for you. Hey, right. good silence. One, two, four, go. <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> it was the fact that there was a four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like four, five. Okay, when seven go. <laughs> to all of you out there in podcast land, we want to thank you for listening. We hope that it's been a blessing. For any questions, comments, or feedback, you can find us on FB, aka Facebook, <laughs> or email us at brokenrecordministries at gmail.com. Again, this has been a publication of Broken Record Ministries, and we will catch you on the flip side. God bless. Shalom.